Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. What is critical race theory? Well, CRT, as it's more commonly called, basically says that everything about America is racist and that the systems and the traditions and values and laws that we have in this country are in place to maintain that white people will control non-white people. Now, according to the NMAAHC, which is the world's largest museum dedicated to African-American history and culture, it gives us some examples of this. And things that are racist and designed to keep people of color down are things like rugged individualism, which, you know, individual rights are not as important as, as the whole, as the rights of the whole. Self-reliance is racist. Dependency, particularly on the government, is best. Objective, rational, linear thinking Things like math is racist, they'll say, because it assumes that there is one true answer. Cause and effect relationships are racist. You know, something could not have caused something else to happen. It's all due to racism. Uh, Respect authority is racist. There should be no respect for authority and law enforcement in particular because they're all racist. Plan for the future. You're not supposed to plan for the future. You're supposed to live in the moment and never plan or set up any kind of goals, of course. Delayed gratification. No, finders keepers. Get what you can now. Otherwise, it's racist. Follow rigid time schedules. Well, you know, that is definitely racist. Being on time is just simply an antiquated idea. Protect property and entitlements. I mean, rioting and looting is considered to be reparations by them and should not be persecuted. So now that you have some examples of what CRT is, let's look at the ideology itself. Ryan Helfbrand writes this. He says, CRT is a philosophy descended from neo-Marxism, postmodernism, and critical theory. It includes concepts such as white privilege, and white fragility, and adopts the Marxist idea that society consists of oppressors versus oppressed. So there's two different types. You're either an oppressor or you're an oppressed person. It also exhibits the postmodern view that truth is simply a reflection of the biases of the oppressor class. So there's no such thing as absolute truth. It's just a reflection of people that want to oppress other people. The question in this worldview is not what is truth, but rather what is your perspective? According to CRT, if you don't have the perspective of an oppressed class, your view is invalid. We we should not listen to you because you're an oppressor trying to maintain that oppression. CRT only grants moral authority to those it sees as oppressed. Now, proponents of CRT operate from the assumption that in every facet of life, underlying racism exists and motivates the oppressor class. Proponents do not consider a situation 
just simply on its face. Instead, they approach it by believing that racism is present, whether it is overt or hidden below the surface, and try to point out that the racist motivations that influence nearly every situation. Critical race theory has insulated itself from scrutiny by stating that if you disagree with its claims, that provides proof that you are racist. Consider this analogy. I I walk up to you and I say, you're stupid. You would likely protest that you're not stupid, but you demand evidence that, you know, what I'm claiming is true. Following the argumentation (laughs) of of CRT, uh, I would respond with something like, well, see, you're so stupid that you can't even see how stupid you are. And that proves my point. (laughs) It's kind of like a first grade type thing, right? This type of nonsense sounds more like something out of Alice in Wonderland than a legitimate argument. But in critical race theory, as with all Marxist philosophies, really, sense is relative to one's personal agenda. If if you claim an argument should be rational, let's say, that is only evidence of white European oppression of other cultures, because you're not supposed to be rational. That's racist. Another sinister aspect of CRT is that all racial groups are viewed as monolithic uh, from from their interests to their their voting patterns, where where deviating from the group is not allowed as if the deviation leads someone away from CRT. So if a black person votes Republican, for instance, then they are labeled with with slurs or or as Joe Biden said, well, they aren't really black, right? If a black person sides with the oppressor class, well, they have lost their blackness and are no longer a member of the oppressed class. CRT, ironically, is supremely racist in itself. Lately, this philosophy has has been gaining traction with, with Christians as it appeals to their desire to you know, their desire for compassion and, and helping the downtrodden. The, the Southern Baptist Convention, one of the most conservative denominations, even passed a resolution called Resolution 9, stating that critical race theory was a useful, this is how they put it, a useful analytical tool. But it is not a useful biblical tool. It is designed to tear down everything having to do with this country. It is designed to tear down our legal system and its laws. If you call them racist because many of them come from you know biblical concepts, many of these laws come from biblical concepts, then you can replace them with humanistic laws, right? There is no such thing as truth it, it is, is is what they think. You, you know, who who are you to tell someone else what a what is lawful and what is not? It is it is designed to tear down our churches. If 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 you are not accepting of every sinful thing that someone is doing, then it is not loving, and you are racist. You are trying to keep the non-whites down by calling certain things sin and saying that they have to be saved or something. 
It is designed to tear down our political system and the way we govern ourselves. When we have a system that is based on God-given rights and freedoms, well, that is, that is racist and designed to control non-whites. You can't control white people in a society that respects people's right to freedom and free speech and, and their, their right to bear arms and, and, and the right to private property. Supporters of CRT will try to, to prove the need uh, for CRT changes by pointing out um, things through an, an equity lens. Equity is, is different than equality, and so let's not confuse the two. Equity is not making things equal. That's not what it means. Equity is based on basically counting numbers. Equality is the sameness of opportunity. One of the examples they like to use is that there is such a high number of blacks in our prison systems that um, when, when you compare it to whites, uh, equity would say that this is the case because our judicial system and law enforcement are racist. Um, equality would say that justice is blind and everyone has the opportunity to follow the same laws. See, see the difference? Supporters of CRT would ignore the fact that young black men are 36 times more likely to commit homicide. They commit 50% of all homicides and commit 60% of violent robberies. CRT says that this is because of systemic racism. CRT says we need equality, not equality. Uh, Ibram X. Kendi, he's, he's a, a uh, critical race theory leader and says that in order to combat racism, everyone needs to be racist. That's how we combat racism is by being racist. He also says that it is not enough just to not be racist, but you have to be anti-racist. You, you have to be promoting or supporting CRT or you are racist. How can we have social justice, they will say, if we are not making a society that promotes not being white? Whites have had it good for way too long, so we have to proclaim that our country and society, well, heck, even ourselves, have been racist and benefited from racism. But then we must also take the next step and be anti-racist by promoting CRT and reparations, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and calling everyone a white supremacist if they disagree. They even, in typical liberal fashion, have, have changed the definition of white supremacy from someone who thinks of themselves as superior because of their race to someone who is not anti-racist. One of the most famous practitioners of, of CRT today is Robin DiAngelo, and, and, and she, she writes in her book, White Fragility, this. It says, white supremacy is a de uh, descriptive and useful term to capture the all-encompassing centrality and assumed super, uh, superiority of people defined and perceived as white and the practices based on this assumption. 
White supremacy in this context does not refer to individual white people and their individual intentions or actions, but to overreaching political, economic, and social systems of domination. Again, racism is a structure, not an event, she says. While hate groups that openly proclaim white superiority do exist, and this term refers to them also, the popular consciousness solely advocates white supremacy with these racial groups. The, the, the re, reductive description obscures the reality of the larger system at work and prevents us from addressing this system. She also says, I hope to have made clear that white supremacy is something much more uh, pervasive and subtle than the actions of explicit white nationalists. White supremacy describes the culture we live in. Hmm. You see, its, its use is a very useful example of the left's use of strategic ambiguity in, in, in the pursuit of a rather large and ambiguous goal. The, the target is a free market system that rewards hard work and ability and other virtuous traits. Other, other CRT terms that have a specific and unique meaning when used with its practitioners are equity, like we talked about, diversity, inclusion, and people of color. CRT speakers have also developed a particular uh, you know, turn of phrase that are specific to, to the group. Supporters are said to be in allyship. You may have heard that. Or in relationship. And the, U the U.S. is said to be a carceral state because we put so many people in prison. They will also say that there is no such thing as race. I mean, that race is a social construct, just like gender is. The left will say that there is no such thing as a, as a boy or a girl. It's just whatever you want to be today. Well, CRT says that there is no such thing as race. It's all just made up to control people of color. And this leads us to, to the question today. Is your doctor an anti-racist? <laughs> and, I, and I ask this because I, ex I expect my doctor to have my best medical interests in mind when I seek his help and advice. And they, that may not be the case any longer. That may be a little naive. From the Daily Wire, Emmy Lowe says this, says a new consciousness, consciousness has emerged among experts, uh, I'm sorry, consensus has emerged among experts in the medical field. Leaders at the AMA and the AAMC and publishers of prestigious medical journals like the New England Journal of Medicine all agree that the future of healthcare is woke political activism. Now taking their cues from the top, medical schools and hospitals across the nation have adopted these ideas. In this new polarized medical landscape, focusing on individual patients, their biology, their choices, and and their treatment leads to unequitable outcomes and causes harm. The, the claim is that doctors must root out structural racism, the true cause of health disparities and, and negative health outcomes. According to the AMA, it is healthcare workers' job to dismantle 
conscious and unconscious biases and reshape laws and policies and systems in place in communities and institutions like schools and housing and healthcare. And it is, of course, reasonable to acknowledge that the environment in which patients are born, live, and work has effects on patients' health. No doubt about it. But turning doctors into anti-racist activists who wage war on every institution in America's society is a grave and unnecessary mistake. The anti-racist approach is harmful to the very patients it seeks to help. In its multi-page report, the AMA declares this, quote, Over time, social injustices have been literally embodied by black and brown communities, creating individual and collective chronic stress and trauma that evaluate stress hormones and lead to inflammation that wreaks havoc on internal organs. In effect, chronic exposure to racism causes weathering of people's bodies that increase vulnerability to illness and early death, unquote. This idea is scientifically dubious. How can scientists possibly pr- prove that the increased inflammation and increased sustainability you know, to, to certain diseases are caused by racism? How, how would you measure that? The idea that radical dis- discrimination is killing people in mass is not only preposterous from uh, an, you know, epilogical standpoint, it is harmful to the very people it seeks to help. It robs black and brown individuals of all agency. Under this new system, doctors cannot simply look at a patient's, you know, individual genetics and their medical history and their lifestyle. Instead, if the patient happens to be black or Asian or Hispanic, the doctor automatically categorizes the patient as oppressed and assumes that the patient's illness is an essentially irrevitable result of a lifetime of experiencing racism. It doesn't matter whether the patient in question has actually experienced racism or not. It doesn't matter if there are tangible lifestyle choices like smoking or drinking, for example. That, that the patient could, could change to take control of, of their own health. The patient is a hapless victim of white su- su- supremacist structures and things like this, like, like the victim of a, of a tornado who had no control over the tornado and, and could not stop her house from being destroyed. Racism, like a tornado, is an uh, ex- existential threat keeping the patient sick. And there is nothing he can do to keep himself healthy. Only the activist doctor can save him by slowly, laboriously reshaping society into an anti-racist utopia that they envision. And of course, environmental factors and events outside the the people's control can affect their health, of course. But the anti-racist activist approach to medicine disempowers individuals by turning them into victims rather than giving them the tool to keep themselves healthy. It is true 
that not everyone in this country has equal access to quality health care and, and that that barriers such as poverty make it harder for certain people to make healthier lifestyle cho- choices, of course. For example, some, some neighborhoods don't have grocery stores with affordable, you know, healthy options and things like this. And, and this limits access to people who can't, you know, drive or who can't afford a car or things like that. I mean, there, there are some differences, yes, that, that, that does exist. But doctors should never assume that just because a patient is black, that she can't access healthier food. That would be, well, <laughs> racist. The medical field's woke brand of activism actually oversimplifies the complex factors that, that affect a person's health by attributing them all to the same root cause, white supremacy. And this type of activism, activism proudly maligns um, equality as a, a malicious idea. We can't have equality. That keeps social injustice in its place and, and, and attacks the, the meritocracy as, as a myth that harms patients by victim-blaming them. Ironic and disheartening both, since equality and, and meritocracy are both of the fundamental pillars that have made our country such an exceptional place, especially for immigrants and other minorities. It's what's being attacked. But reducing everything to race and, and racism also doesn't fix any of the actual problems making patients' lives harder. It doesn't solve the problem of no grocery stores in, in poor neighborhoods. Doctors who are truly passionate about addressing problems in the communities that they, that they serve would, would make more of an, an impact addressing each problem individually by working with the communities that, that they serve. For example, to solve a, um, you know, a food desert problem type thing, uh, hospitals could reach out to grocery stores in, in other parts of town, um, you know, arrange partnerships where the grocery stores open up new branches or, or make deliveries of fresh produce to underserved type neighborhoods. And that, that, that would do, just be one example. And at the end of the day, a, a doctor's job is to care for his patients. They do not need to become social activists to do this well. They should consider their patients' individual backgrounds and needs carefully, never stereotyping a patient as oppressed solely because of their skin tone. If they notice a socioeconomic problem affecting their patients, they could bring the problem to community leaders and and organizers and and church leaders and, and offer advice and resources if needed. But woke ideology has no place in this system. It should be disregarded like the garbage it is and left to rot. And 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 seriously, this is not an overreaction. Uh, here, from uh, here's here's a uh, article from from Sarah Heath, and she writes for the Patient Engagement Hit She says, and and actually, this even goes back to 2020. She says that the American Medical Association, the AMA has reviewed its pledge to combat racism and implicit bias in medical or in, in medicine by adopting new policy principles at a special meeting of its House of Delegates. Quote, the AMA recognizes that racism negatively impacts and ex- exacerbates health inequities among his, historically marginalized communities without systemic and structural level change health inequities will continue to exist and overall health of the nation will suffer. 
This is this is direct quote from the AMA board member uh, Willarda V. Edwards, and she is an MD, MBA, and she said this in a statement. She said, "As the physicians and leaders in medicine, we are committed to uh, op- optimal health for all, and are working to ensure all people." and communities reach their full health potential. Declaring racism as an urgent public health threat is a step in the right direction toward advancing equity in medicine and public health. Remember, equity is different than equality. While creating pathways for truth and healing and recognition, unquote. The policy which builds on previous AMA statements denounces police brutality and systematic racism, including five core steps for the AMA to battle against racism in medicine. Here's what they say. Foremost, number one, AMA said it will acknowledge the harm caused by implicit biases and racism in medicine. That harm can include poor patients' experience, deteriorated patient trust, or maybe this would cause deteriorated patient trust, limited patient access to care, non-responsive bias to clinical trials, poor clinical quality outcomes, health inequities, health disparities, and other damages. Next, the organization said it would it will identify strategies to counter racism and its negative impacts. Third, the AMA will lobby medical schools and education institutions, so, in, uh, so include anti-racism, cultural competency, and uh, implicit bias training into their curricula. And fourth, AMA said it will support other healthcare policies outside of its purview that support anti-racism and combat the negative consequences of racism in medicine. And finally, the organization turned an eye toward health IT, saying it will provide uh, prevent racism from influencing technology use in development. Yeah. These principles come as an entire healthcare industry experiences a, a, a racial uh, reckoning. According to the AMA, racism in medicine drives ra- uh, r- uh, racial health disparities, which have been well documented as of late. In, ad- in addition to the stark racial health disparities seen during the COVID-19 pandemic, research has uncovered differences in the disease states, the chronic illnesses, and even access to health IT like telehealth tools because blacks are not able to use them, I guess. Medicine must recognize three forms of racism to efficiently address racism and healthcare disparities. The MEA policies asserted this, that which which includes systemic racism or the, the legal injustices baked into how the institution operates and cultural racism, which perpetuates harmful stereotypes, they say, and can include in, implicit biases and interpersonal racism, such as the powerful impli- uh, implicit or explicit Uh, displays of racism between patients and provider. Additionally, the policy outlines medical education goals and external uh, policymaking goals to help prevent and identify and address racism in medicine. The policy also encourages other medical groups to take take similar stances against racism in medicine. Now, 
this is just ridiculous. It really is. I mean, the, the, the policy specifically takes a stand, it says, against medical and science professionals regarding race as a biological category defined as genetic traits and biological differences. So in its release, it says here, it says, as the policies note that this practice of accepting race as a biological construct known as, as racial essentialism well, exacerbates health disparities and results in this uh, uh, determinal health uh, outcomes for marginalized and minoritized communities. Often healthcare pro- professionals will list race as a risk factor for certain illnesses, but the, logical su- uh, the logic suggests that simply being a certain race carries certain genetic prosperity uh, I'm sorry, propensity for an illness, and then give um, credence to for structural racism to manifest. Knowing a certain race is high risk for certain illness creates a permission structure for institutional racism to persist. Is what they say. You know, it's it, it's sad to see this kind of thing happening to an institution that should know better. I mean, and it's not just the AMA. I mean, with with take 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 the American Heart Association. Um, with with this advisory, the American Heart Association re, uh, reiterates its unequitable support for anti race racist principles, and it goes into a whole litany of things that basically say the same thing as the AMA that they want to that their their main purpose, their main goal as an organization is to root out structural racism within our society. The, the American Heart Association, it says, will work with allies to remove barriers, to provide an equitable playing field. Lives are at stake, it says. The, the people of, his, uh, uh, of historically marginalized communities deserve nothing less, and society must demand it. Or... Society could demand that their doctors worry about what's best for their health rather than some made-up Marxist theory. And you can agree with me, you can disagree with me, and I would love to hear from you, uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for this. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.